that narrates an entire incident in sequence, unlike the rest of the Quran Sharif, where the various Anbiya have been mentioned, but not in this manner. Their incidents have been mentioned in parts, some portion in some place, some portion in another place. Sometimes something that happened later is mentioned earlier in the sequence of the Quran Sharif. Something that happened earlier in their lives is mentioned later in the Quran Sharif. What this highlights is that this history that is being presented, this is history. It is world history. It's the history of Ali Musalam that have passed, the nations that have passed. It's history. But history is not useful if it is not going to give some benefit for the future. History is past, whatever is past that becomes history. Only that past is useful to know which will help to build the future. And that is why the Quran Sharif narrates a lot of history because the history has that benefit. But not every bit of history. And therefore those incidents that have been mentioned in the Quran Sharif also, it is only those portions of those incidents that are of necessity for man to use for the way forward. Otherwise, those details which are of no real relevance for insan's betterment, no relevance for the ibrat that a person should be taking, that is just totally left aside and that is mentioned which is relevant. So this brings a very important lesson forward that many times people want to read about this, that and the other, all kinds of literature and all kinds of things and say, you know, you must broaden your horizons and you must have a very, very wide uh, knowledge of things. Indeed, a person should have a wide knowledge of things, but a wide knowledge of what? Wide knowledge of that which will be of some benefit to him, not just for the sake of knowing what happened which will have no benefit and in fact some things knowing it also becomes a source of harm there's a lot of history which is nothing but gossip it's history because it happened in the past so that became history now but it is nothing less nothing more than gossip it's purely gossip some people lives are read about, whole books have been written about it and whatever kind of lifestyle they led and people read about all these kind of things in magazines and we're not which is nothing less and nothing more than gossip it's gossip just simply no benefit now when a person reads that kind of literature, that kind of articles, that kind of books those type of things that playing in the mind. People are fond of reading novels. That is fiction obviously. That's another whole chapter. What might be even reality but just becomes like a kind of another novel. People read it just for the sake of cheap entertainment. It gives some kind of nafsani pleasure. But the harm of that is that it doesn't finish off with that reading the effects of that stay in the heart and that then plays out in various situations in life sometimes 
people discuss the situations, says that this certain thing, I just slipped up and did this, but what triggered it off was something I read years ago. Now when that same kind of situation suddenly came in front of me, that triggered, that came to mind. That in that, what I read, that novel or what that book or that person who, whose life I read about, when he was in a similar situation, this is what he did. Now when that same kind of situation unfolded in front of me, I just did the same thing. Now, years later, it had its impact. So, it's not that a person is just reading something, so it's just fiction, or it's just, uh, well, he's just reading something just to pass his time, so it will just go by without any effect. It will have its effect, and it will leave sometimes a very deep effect, and it sometimes might only show its impact many, many years later. The heart is a really amazing bounty of Allah Ta'ala, but at the same time it has that ability to store what no computer can store. And to retain it in memory, and then it plays it out, you know, sometimes when, this is why it's so important that children, we have to be very guarded about what they are exposed to, what they read, what they listen to, because all these things register even more deeply in their hearts and minds, and they then act it out later, play it out later, speak out it, it out later. So, this was the message, the, the aspect about, the Qur'an Sharif also discusses history, but that history which is of benefit to us, that history that is past, obviously is history, but that past which helps to build the future. Allah Ta'ala Himself describes Surah Yusuf as Ahsan Al-Qasas, the best of narratives. So Allah Ta'ala describes it as such, so who can then have any doubt about it being the best of narratives? But why is it the best of narratives? Is it just because everything has been mentioned in one sequence? Some are aware that somewhere in the story of Surah Yusuf, even little children somehow are aware that there was some incident about a woman who tried to attract the attention of Yusuf so it has become like a kind of so-called love story indeed it's a love story, it's a love of Allah Ta'ala of Sayyidina Yusuf and how the love of Allah Ta'ala that becomes the protection for a person at every juncture, not the illicit love of dunya and that kind of love which becomes a barrier in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. This is the story of the love of Allah Ta'ala in the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And how overwhelming is that love in the true lovers of Allah Ta'ala. How that is what guides them at every step. And what helps them to make the right decisions in the split second. When a person has ample opportunity to decide that should I do this or do that, and to ponder over it, and to deliberate, and sometimes maybe even perhaps discuss with somebody, take some mashwara, some guidance. So that is what should be done, that if there is some decision to be made, a person should go through all the processes. Then there are certain situations that come up which are instant situations. And for a person to make the right decision in split seconds, that becomes the test. That now, there is no time to think too much also. There's a 
situation and it requires a decision in a split second. It is only with the firasat of Iman, the intelligence that comes from the depth of Iman and in the light of the guidance of Deen, in the light of the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala that a person can then make correct decisions in the split second. And if that light is missing or if it's dim, then to the extent that it's dim, to that extent it will become difficult. Because now in semi-darkness, a person can see partly, he can't see everything. In the semi-light, he can see some things, he can't see everything. Or how close he is to the reality of Deen, to the light of Iman, to that extent he'll be able to see. So here also in this incident we will find those kind of situations and in that split second the right decisions are made. In the split second, now we will come to that inshallah, but since this has come up, the idea is to take the lessons, not even to necessarily discuss the whole incident. Yusuf is trapped in that home, in that room and he is being invited to sin. And he knows that the door is locked. But he makes a split second decision to run towards that locked door. Now, what makes a person make that kind of decision? The door is locked and his away is locked. And it's not humanly possible to open that locked door by just yanking it. But he made a split second decision when he was now being called in the direction of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala to run towards the locked door. What does that? What brought about that decision? That was the total conviction in Allah Ta'ala, yaqeen. Total yaqeen. That fafirru ilallah, flee towards Allah Ta'ala. When you will flee towards Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala open the door for you. Now the level of his yaqeen and his tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala. Now to the extent that these qualities and obviously in the Ambiyari Musarat Wasalam, it is at the highest level. And then among them also there are those distinctions, tilka rusul faddalna ba'adum ala ba'ad. But in principle, the level of the Ambiyari Musarat Wasalam, they are the peak, at the peak of all the sifat and qualities. So the tawakkul was also at the peak, the yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala was at its peak, and all these are sifat of iman, iman in the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, iman is at its peak. So, it wasn't just something taking a chance, let's see now, maybe it will work, maybe it won't work, let's just run. <coughs> run taking a chance. It was with total yaqeen, and total trust in Allah Ta'ala. That this is being done for Allah Ta'ala, to run towards Allah Ta'ala. Allah alone is the doer. Allah Ta'ala opened the way. So not one, but miraculously, this will be called miraculously because humanly it was not possible and then no, but no effort was made to open it. So miraculously, the Mufassirin explained, not one, but seven doors, one after the other, were all thrown open. So this is the point that is being discussed is, that when a person's heart has been illuminated with the light of Iman, this is what these incidents are highlighting for us. The Quran Sharif is highlighting this for us. This is the lesson to take. 
that to the extent that the heart is illuminated with the nur of iman, to the extent that the yaqeen has been built in the sifat and the, the zat and the attributes of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala is ar-razaq, Allah alone is the provider, Allah alone is the protector, Allah alone is the one who grants cure, and all the other sifats and attributes of Allah Ta'ala, to the extent that the person submits himself to Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala guides him, Allah Ta'ala protects him, Allah Ta'ala helps him at every step. So this is the message that these incidents are giving us, that this is the manner we have to adopt. This is the path that we have to take. And to the extent that we will build ourselves in these sifat, we will build ourselves in our iman itself, in the sifat of iman, the qualities and attributes of iman, in yaqeen, in taqwa, in tawakkul, in inabat and ruju ilallah, in radab al-qadha, in all the various attributes of iman, to that extent a person will get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to that extent his reliance will be on Allah Ta'ala alone, to that extent he will turn to Allah alone. That is what will develop and further enhance that tawheed and that oneness of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, that Allah alone is his guardian, his protector, and therefore he turns to Allah Ta'ala alone. There is no uh, even slight hint of any kind of shirk. It's complete reliance on Allah Ta'ala. So this is what the message is. So in the surah, there are many, many lessons. The crux of it all is that there are those qualities and attributes in man which Allah Ta'ala blesses a person, which are the sifat of iman, where this can take a person to. And there are those base qualities, those very lowly qualities, which when it afflicts a person and he succumbs to those lowly qualities, where it will drop him. What kind of disgrace and destruction it will bring. So both pictures are presented in the surah that the person who wants to progress, he wants to succeed, then what is the path that he has to adopt and what he has to avoid. Both pictures have been presented. That this is the path of destruction and this is the path of success and salvation. So now this is the choice. Does a person want to go the path down the path of destruction? Then that's where he'll finish off. By succumbing to those same base qualities that have been highlighted, that how dangerous it is, how severe the consequences are, the person still succumbs to that, that is where it will take him to. And on the other side, the beautiful and noble qualities, person adopts that, the sabr, the taqwa. Several times in this surah, Allah Ta'ala mentions the same aspect, إِنَّهُ مَيَّتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِّعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Towards the beginning of the surah, somewhere this comes, later on, towards the end again it comes. The same primary thing, that the summary of the surah is basically in these two aspects. إِنَّهُ مَيَّتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرُ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِّعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The one who adopts taqwa, and with taqwa he has sabr. Taqwa, to enhance, to acquire the taqwa, to maintain the taqwa, and enhance the taqwa, sabr is totally integrated with it. person without sabr will not be able to have taqwa also. Because sabr anil ma'asi will be out of his life then.
he will not be able to refrain himself from sin. So without sabr, the taqwa only possible, but then together with the sabr anil maasi, sabr al ta'at, that sabr on whatever halat and conditions come up upon a person, this then takes him closer to Allah wa ta'ala, and this brings about that eventual success. So this is the broad overview of what is in the surah. Inshallah in the coming days, the tawfiq of Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala grant us a tawfiq that certain selected ayat of the surah will be discussed for the same purpose to take the lesson and so that we may implement the teachings of the Quran Sharif in our life. Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.